to voice our deep, deep gratitude that you have rescued every one of our lives. Some of us when we were younger, some of us most recently. If there's anybody hearing my voice now, or they even get this recording later, and they just haven't surrendered yet, give them a glimpse. Receiving you could be the great, would be the greatest moment of their entire life. And what follows after that is what we're all shouting about tonight, my master. You've been so good to us. We love you tonight. We love you tonight. And we're glad through the years, nobody here submitted to the devil. We didn't let demons ransack this ministry. We stood strong in every storm. And here we are to celebrate 40 years of saying yes to God and no to the devil. (laughs) Oh, we honor you tonight and we love you. In the name of Jesus, point up and say, this is your house. house. We're your flock. flock. And we're ready to do even more for you. you In Jesus' name. name. Amen. Isn't it great? Praise God. Please be seated. Yeah, it's good, 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 good. Well, we love you, Amazing Grace. And um, we're glad to stand with you always. We're a powerful church. And uh, thank God for the work that you do. You know, you can go to a great church and just get involved in the work, roll up your sleeve, attend the services, and without meaning to, you lose track of the greater influence and the impact that you're making because you just, I used to lead Marines in in the Vietnam era, and then I trained Marines. You You can get so involved in the battle of the day that that you're just trying to get the day done. And, uh, or the night in our case, get the night over with. That's when we work. And then you don't realize until later on, man, we did that and it caused all of that. You mean when we ran that mission, it, it, it set up that whole thing? And that's what you've done here as a church. Whether you feel like it or not, whether you realize it or not, uh, your influence has really been great. And there are, so, there are people, I, there are people that they mentioned tonight that we know about and the ministries that have been raised up, my friends, you have, there would be no way to calculate how many people you have influenced in 40 years that have come into this building, out of this building, your outreaches and what you've done in the community. Pastor Richard, the different times on television and the conferences, (laughs) wow. And so when you get to heaven, Someone's going to walk up and say, hey, I'm Ralph, thank you. And you're going to say, I don't know you. (laughs) Who are you? Ralph. And he's going to say, you went to Amazing Grace, and I got a pamphlet from that church. I got a recording from that church. I I, I watched a telecast from that church, and I I gave my life to Christ. That will be accredited to your account. That's a pretty powerful event. My Vicky tonight is in the country of Spain. And uh, so is my son, Josh, and, and uh, his wife, Trish. But they send their, their greetings to you, Pastor Richard and Sharon, and amazing grace. Vicki loves you and uh, is very, very proud of you as well and the work that, uh, that, that you're doing here. We're glad to stand with you. And another dear friend of yours I bring uh, greetings with tonight, if you excuse the cell phone a minute. And uh, that would be from Dr. Bob Lemon. Oh, yeah. Amen. Now, Dr. Lemon, uh, I know Dr. Lemon 
has in Maribel have moved to Florida. So uh, they are uh, not happy tonight, but they've been happy up until tonight. <laughs> so, uh, you know, the, I said, what are you going to do about this hurricane? He said, I'm going to curse it. What do you think I'm going to do about it? <laughs> it's, like, it's like, you know, now I've known Brother Lemon since way back. And he used to be, he's always been bold, but he used to be softer. And now it's like, what do you think? I mean, he didn't say stupid, but I think he wanted to. I said, I said what do you think I'm going to do? I'm going to rebuke it. And I felt like stupid should have went in. I'm going to rebuke it, stupid. What do you think I'm going to do? So uh, greetings from Dr. Bob and Maribel. They love you very much. And this was always one of his favorite places to come. And he said, they're always hungry for God at Amazing Grace. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I was thinking about this church, of course, on such a powerful night. This church was pioneered. You may or may not know this. This church was birthed and patterned after the Antioch church in the Bible. When uh, we started Living Word Church in Midland, we purposely patterned it, designed it, to be an Antioch-style church. The church at Antioch, if you, uh, if we, we could turn to like Acts chapter 11, Acts chapter 13 talks about the church of Antioch. This is really significant. It's significant to where you came from, amazing grace, but it's even more significant of where you're going now and what you're going to do next. That church at Antioch, they were so Christian. Now, you've got to understand, that you say, like the church of Jerusalem under the apostle Peter, they were still dealing with Judaism. These were people who had been birthed Jews, born Jews, and yes, born again in Christ. But the church at Antioch was, how do I say it? They were, they were pure Christian. They were, they, were, they were, like we heard on the video tonight, they were just, hey, we're born again. What do we do now? And the Grecians didn't want them anymore, even though they were mostly Grecians, because now they're this born-again thing. And then this guy comes along uh, called Paul and gets them all baptized in the Holy Ghost, and they start speaking in tongues. Who knows? Falling out in the Spirit, running around the church, seeing dreams, seeing visions. You know, to people who aren't spiritual, you're weird. But really, they're weird. You're finally right. You're finally weird. You know what I'm saying? So the church at Antioch, it says in Acts 13 that this church at Antioch, there, there were prophets there. There were teachers there. They raised up ministry, just like we've done here at Amazing Grace. We've raised up ministry. It's part of our duty as a church family to help both young and other believers find their call in God. Now, you and I know very well that um, we're all called by God and we're all gifted by God if you're born again. Now, not everybody's called to what we call the five-fold ministry. Apostle, right? Prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, Ephesians chapter 4. But we're all called. You may be called to the ministry of helps. That's a powerful call. That's a powerful call. 
the great army of the ministry of helps. And in, in, at Antioch, they were so burning alive for Jesus Christ. That's all they could think about. That's all they could talk about. One of the things that I'm so impressed with tonight in what I've heard and seen is the power of young people. Now, I, I, met, I met Pastor Jolliffe when he was young. And Mark Chaffin was young enough to push the tractor instead of it pulling him like it does today. And he could shift without grunting. Young. The power of young people. The power of young people. I was 25 years old uh, when the Lord told me to, to put, do the following things and move to Central Michigan. And, and I said, I don't want to go there. I live in San Diego. What? what I felt like Obadiah in the desert. You know, Elijah says, I'm going to go. Jezebel's after me. You stay here and tell her I'm gone. And Obadiah said, well, what have I done to deserve this assignment? (laughs) Yeah, sir, you're going to be gone. She's going to come. She's going to kill me in your stead. That's kind of how you feel if you're living in San Diego and the Lord says move to Midland somewhere, Michigan. The power of young people and the stability of older people is what makes a great church. This church was birthed by people in their 20s. Look what's what's happened. Living Word Church, we're in in 80 countries. That was birthed by a young preacher that knew hardly nothing. And uh, in our 20s, Gary Smith's here. His message on the ministry of helps. You know, we were just kind of, hey, you want to help? Yeah, we're turned on to God. Okay, we've got to find something for you to do. And if we're going to do it, we're going to do it right. That message, Smitty, that you, that really uh, you and Buddy Bell and Bob Lemon, a little bit of myself on the ministry of helps, man, that thing's gone all, all over the world. And he's in his 20s yeah. when he got to great revelation that everybody's called. Yeah. We don't have to sit and just hear the preaching. There's something we all can do to build a great church. Isn't that right? Absolutely. Yes. That's, what, that's what we have. And that's what we're going to have. Yes. We have it now. We didn't just have it then. Like, ah, yeah, well, you're all old now. Yeah, but not everybody here is old. Right. For example, I'm not old. I, I did not appreciate those weak amens. <laughs> I'd like a real amen, please. Amen. Yeah, I know you faked it, but it still felt really good. You know what I mean? That felt good. So in, uh, in the Antioch church, they were, so, they were so excited about Jesus Christ that their culture didn't stop them. Right. It didn't stop them. See, right. a lot of people today cater to culture. No, I understand. I, I really do. I understand that people, you know, you want to go on Ancestry.com and find where you came from. Or there's some parts of our society, they've been so abused, they're fighting to know their roots. I understand that. But if we give way to culture, yeah. where does it stop? Where do you stop with that? And over in Europe, they, you know, half the preachers are drunks because their culture is we drink at dinner and we drink at lunch, we drink at breakfast. And uh, because we're the wine capital of the world. Well, that's just culture. It's not scripture. 
is culture. But if we give way to culture, then what are you going to do in, in, uh, up the Amazon? Uh, there's a part of society there that the dad breaks in the bride for the future husband by having sex with her multiple times until he's trained her well, and then she is handed off to her husband, well-trained to have sex. Now, if you can get born again and go by any culture, then you've got to give that guy his culture even though he's born again. Come on. In the Antioch church, now the Grecians, uh, they were, they, everything about them was not religion. It was culture. Right. There's a big difference. Right. And it's like Islam. Islam's not a true religion. Right. It's a culture. Yes. It's a country. It's a government, et cetera, et cetera. So it's not, you can't just say, but Christianity really is not. It's about Jesus Christ. And you can live in any country and be under any government and be any color of skin and be male and female and be rich and poor and be young and not so. Amen. Amen. And still be a hot Christian and be able to overcome all your cultural stuff, whether your cultural stuff is good or bad. So in Christ, like at Amazing Grace, there's no prejudice here. In Christ, there, there, there is no Jew. There is no Greek. There, there, in Christ, there's only Christians. And did you know Acts chapter 11? Acts chapter 11 literally says that the believers were first called Christians at Antioch. That's right. Nobody who followed Christ, not a disciple, none of the massive following, even the 12, were never referred to and never publicly was the word Christian ever said until we get to the church of Antioch and they were so excited to be born again and their inside changed so much. This is even before Paul stood them up as a strong church that that they got nicknamed Christians. And I'll tell you why. Because they went around and began to say, I've accepted Jesus Christ. I have asked the Lord to live in me. I am following the Lord Jesus Christ. Though I'm a Grecian, I am now a Christian. And they were so bold about it and so open about it and so loud about it. Reminds me of you two. (laughs) Think about it. Especially back in the day. They get so revolutionized and so changed by the presence of Christ that you just walk up to a group and say, let us tell you about Jesus Christ. And you don't flinch about it. And you don't say, oh, what if they, what if they, you know, now in 2017, I'm praying that comes back. Because right now, you know, it seems like the only free speech belongs to the blabbermouse and and the prejudice and the antichrist people. It's time for us to be loud. Not fake and loud. Because you are so hot for God. You're like these Antioch believers, man. You can't help yourself. I'm excited to be a Christian. Thank God I'm water baptized. Thank God I've been filled with the Holy Ghost. And uh, and because of that, you got to tell everybody about it. You can't help it. Praise God. I was in a TV studio the other day. Thank you, Richard. Never wanted to be a TV preacher. Um, I've forgiven you for it, but uh, 
I was in the studio. I got so fired up in my heart. I got, we were talking about, and I got reminiscent about meeting Jesus Christ and how much it changed my life that uh, I, I whispered to the, the host, get me off camera or else. And so they swapped camera. I couldn't help it. I jumped up and danced and shook my foot and kicked, did a normal haze kick a couple of times, you know, and just said, whoa, and yeah. sat back down and said, what's your next question? I'm, I'm still on fire for God. Come on, man. Yeah. Still on fire yes, for sir. God. Now, this church was patterned that way. Now, you can't, you can't plan and program what you heard these precious people say in, on the video, for example, tonight. You, you, that wasn't, hey, let's reminisce. No, that happened. That happened because something happened to them, and they became extremely, listen to my word, they became extremely contagious. Yes. Christianity is the most contagious, fastest moving thing yeah. that earth has ever met before. You can literally convert a person in a matter of seconds, moving them from the road of hell to the highway of God. Seconds. Transformation. Seconds is all it takes. And it's so contagious. Unless we stay home. Unless we introvert. Yeah, you know, well, I don't want to offend anybody. You didn't learn that from Jesus Christ. You may have learned that from some liberal, but you didn't learn that from Jesus Christ. Oh, no. See, when, you, when you're hot for God, there's a lot of things you don't even think about. When you're really excited about something, I mean, when you're really excited about something, you think everybody else is too. Right? You can't. You just walk up and tell them because you think, once I tell you, man, you're going to be excited. Boy, until I tell you that you're going to be excited about this too. You don't think, I don't know. What if he says no? What if he shuts the door? I mean, what if I get rejected? You only do that when you're trying to witness as a dead man, a dud, a smoking flax. Huh? You You used to be on fire and now you're just like a little puff of smoke. That's when you calculate how you're going to be treated or how will they receive me. Or, but when you're hot for God. Remember, Richard, you were one of my dads, Lester Summerall. You knew real well. Remember, Brother Summerall, you said, you were with me on this night. You and I were in his, I think we we're in his hotel room or I can't remember where we were at. But uh, we asked Brother Summerall about Finances, because we're we're all believing money to do ministry. Yes, he barked at us, man, and uh, I always said he barked at Richard, and I was just there. But honestly, it was both of us. (laughs) But uh, and he said, "Revival pays for everything," and barked at us. It's like, okay then, (laughs) okay then. That's that. That said, I understand. Remember, we, we just like, wow, let's go. Let's not ask him. We'll ask him another night, but not tonight, you know. This old preacher, man, he was laying us out. And uh, we, I did ask him later on. He said, Mark, when people are hot for God, everything's paid for. Yes. 
They don't think about their future. They don't think about their retirement. They don't think about their, you know, it, they, they just, when they're hot for God, it's like, let's build a thing. Let's go to this country. Here, pastor, you can have this. Let's, let's, let, let's sell that. One of the coolest stories in our ministry is when we bought our first airplane, 1982. Now, I'm not a pilot. I didn't want an airplane. Honestly, if there's a way to do what I do now without one, if you ever want to pray for me, pray for a consistent translation that I can just be translated. Just be here right now in 20 minutes or not, be down in somewhere else. Um, So I wasn't planning on, I was pioneering the church and helping people like you pioneer your churches. That's what I did when I first came here for like two years. This man comes in our church, Mark. And uh, I'd never seen him before. Good looking, clean cut gentleman, you know, nice suit on. And so he walks in, he sits like over in here somewhere and I get up, you know, we do our worship offer. I get up for the preach and I preach a few minutes and he raises his hand and he doesn't put it down. I mean, I'm going over here now, like I'm going <laughs> to ignore him, you know. And, uh, and, and, he, and finally he stood up and he just shouted out loud, Pastor, I, <clears throat> I need to say something. I said, well, sir, you know, we kind of don't do that here. So if you just be seated and let me finish, I'll talk to you after the service. Oh, I'm so sorry, Pastor, I understand. And he sat down, pretty cool. And, uh, you know, a lot of people are so arrogant, they would have stomped out. Right, right. So I thought, wow, that's, that's pretty impressive. I mean, it's not like I rebuked him, you know. Now, Brother Summerall would have dealt oh, yeah. with him, but... <laughs> But so I get done teaching. And in those days, you know, nowadays it's, I don't know, 30, 45 minutes, maybe an hour. You know, uh, in those days, if you preach less than 90 minutes, they wouldn't even come back. Come on. You're cheating the body of Christ. Is that, in fact, sometimes when we went short, they, I had people say, is that all you got? But we were hot for God in those days, so there were no clock watchers. No one had to get home to see Red or uh, NCIS or something on television, you know. We're just all, we're just all hot for God. It was like, well, so, so when we got done with church, we went to the restaurant and had church. Anybody remember those? Well, I don't know what you did out here, but there, might have, well, there was a restaurant here in those days. Okay, there still is one somewhere? Okay. So I get done teaching and this man stands up again and he starts walking and he says, Pastor, please forgive me. I need to say something. And now, you know, Smitty's moving to get him in the ushers, you know, just to kind of, you know, lock him down. I didn't say take him down. I said lock him down. Okay. And the Holy Spirit said, let him speak. I thought, okay, well, come up here. Hurry up, brother. And I, I held the microphone and I said, what is it you got to say? And he said uh, to, the, to our church, he said, you're going to lose this man if you don't listen to what God sent me here to say. Wow. Now, I took, you know, I took the microphone back and said, that'd be enough. He goes, no, I need to finish. I, I started to say, no, you don't. And the Holy Spirit said, yes, he does. Thank God we're submitted. Come on. Yes. To the great Holy Spirit. Yes. Long story shortened, of course, I I let him speak. And he said, 
God's going to promote this church and God's going to promote your pastor. And if you don't buy an airplane, now what? I don't, I don't know anything about airplanes. I didn't want an airplane, wasn't praying for an airplane. But, he, but that man said, if you don't buy this man an airplane, you know, the ministry, then uh, uh, you'll see him less and less and less because he's going to be called by God to go and go and go. And that means he, you know, no offense, but on commercial airplanes, even in those days, right. it took a day going there. Right. You, you had to get there a day early to make sure you made the meeting, right. almost always, right? Yes. And then uh, you do the meeting that night, and then the next day takes all day to get home. So it's a three-day event. Now, in our ministry today, I can hit three states easily, and many times I do in one day. I'll preach in the morning, go do something with a pastor, a minister's luncheon. You've you ran around me. Oh, yeah. and, uh, and then somewhere that night and then fly on to the next spot or fly home. So a lot of people don't understand that level of tools right. because you've been Hollywoodized. Come on. And you think we're just being dumb and wasting God's money. You don't understand the tools. Right. Anyways, uh, he said, you got to buy an airplane not to send your preacher away, but so that he can come home to you. That's good. He'll get home more often. Now I'm thinking, well, that's a good word. I don't, I, what I'm really thinking is I don't need an airplane. I don't want an airplane. I don't fly an airplane. I don't even know a pilot. I didn't even know a pilot in those days. And I, I, so I said, well, thank you, brother. And before I, it, 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 <laughs> Mark, you're getting like this. I said, thank you, brother. And I'm going to close now. And a farmer, thank God for farmers. Thank God for farmers. Amen. A farmer from Coleman, Michigan, yeah. stood up in the back and he says, uh, I got 80 acres, I'm tired of plowing anyhow. I'll sell it, preacher, and give you the money for that, uh, help with that airplane. So I'm not taking an offering, so I'm saying, okay, all right, okay, <laughs> praise the Lord. Let everybody stand up. I'm trying to dismiss like my fifth time, you know. And then another farmer, Another farmer stood up and said, I'll tell you what I'm going to, and I'm just standing there, and you know, in like 20 minutes, right. they raised all that money and bought that first airplane. Yep. And I never saw that man again. Wow. Wow. I never seen him again. In fact, I sent Smitty for him after the service, you know. <laughs> I said, where'd that guy go that, that started all this? Go, go, go find him. I want to at least say hi to the guy because I was kind of, I was probably more blown away than anybody in the building, you know, what just happened here. Right. And then, you know, you're a pastor. So then you say, uh, Lord, is there any way I can use that airplane money to get a building for these right. people? Yeah. <laughs> of course you can. It's designated money, but, you know, my heart wasn't in an airplane. My heart was in that building. Never, never seen him since, Richard. Wow. Never seen him since. I don't know who he was. I know one thing, though. God sent him. And I know another thing. I'm on record. That's at least one time Mark Barclay heard from the Holy Ghost. (laughs) Can I have an amen? Amen. I know. That's at least one time. I got one time on the record that I really did hear from God. Amen. Now, this is how it works. His people who are just filled with God from all walks of life. And, and, and listen, folks, it's people who come and go. It's people who come and go. Now, don't harbor fugitives. 
you know. If, if, you know, we love everybody, but we can't support every activity. So if someone leaves your church and they rip and tear and spew and puke on, you know, D Facebook and spew tube and all that stuff and, the, you know, the antisocial sites, um, it, it, you know, don't, it, just do us a favor and don't ever hit the like button again. Yeah. Come on. You know, it's bad enough you're dumb enough to read it. Right. Sorry. But if you're dumb enough to read it, that I feel bad for you, you know. But at least don't hit the like button, okay? That's a direct insult. Yes. But, you know, there could be people. I mean, Pastor Richard in this church has a lot of friends. For example, Rick Lopez. Very, they're not all that far away. You might have people that, that somehow don't fit anymore at Pastor Rick's, and they end up over here. And that's okay if they don't rip and tear and he doesn't put a wanted poster on the church bulletin yes. board and then you appoint him as elders over here in the first week. Come on. Or vice versa. Right, right. But in an Antioch style church, people come and go. Yes. Do you know, church family, there's people that, that will date you, but they don't want to marry you. A lot of church people are just dating. Right. They date you and it's a fun date or two or ten or for a year, maybe five. But, they, but you notice they never, ever treat you like I'm a church family member and I'm carrying my weight here and you can count on me being here, right? So we don't judge them, I'm just saying. So people come and people go. That's, and it's not all people who are troubled. Sometimes people get troubled and they go. But uh, even, if, you know, sometimes people bite you, but they don't mean to. You know, they just learned when they're hurting and they're hurting deep and they're angry, they bite. I had a pet one time, a German shepherd. I liked that dog. And it grew big. And I built a house for it, you know, and, and uh, we'd bring it in, but it, it mostly was not a house dog. And, uh, you know, I trained that dog, Marine Corps. It went to Marine Corps boot camp, that's what it did. And, uh, but one day I come home, from work and that dog had jumped up on his house now that dog hated my neighbor now I don't I never judged him for that <laughs> okay so <laughs> interpret that however you wish <laughs> that dog somehow jumped to get my neighbor Jumped on the doghouse. The neighbor might have been teasing him. I don't know. Jumped on the doghouse and went over that fence. And when I, I, when I drove up, he was dangling over that fence, his little back feet about this, you know, high off the ground. And he, was, he, was gonna, he would have died there. So I saw that man. I run around my neighbor's, you know, fence. And I grabbed my dog to throw it back over. You know, that stupid dog bit me so hard he drew blood. I almost threw him down and said, hang then. Now do your funeral. You dumb dog. What are you biting me for? I'm your master. I'm also your rescuer. You know, you talk to the dog like a human as if it understands, you know. And uh, so I, I just, this time, I just ran and hit the dog. I learned that from football. Hit the dog and it flew up over the fence and, and I ran around to check on it. It licked my hand and it wagged its tail. 
And uh, I forgot all about that till my first year of pastoring. <laughs> then I, <laughs> trying not to look around right now, Richard. I just kind of like look, looking away. Sometimes people bite you and they don't really want to. They're hurt, they're mad, they're scared or something. But on the other end of people coming and going, this church was pioneered and birthed in Christ after the pattern of Antioch. Where where this church was all built on the excitement of knowing Jesus Christ. That's the enthusiasm that drew people in the beginning to even have a foundation for this church, Amen. right? Yes. And it was, a, it was the first pastor who hunted down a guy like me and said, what do I do now? I got these people, we're born again, and the Presbyterians don't want us anymore. What, what, do, what do we do now? And um, the Antioch church, whether you're personally excited for God or not, and I know there's visitors here from our church and Rick's and others and Pastor Hall, I saw you somewhere. Um, are, you, are you that excited for Christ? Come on. I mean, are you, are you yes. contagious? Yeah. Now, whether you are or you're not, church, that spirit of Christ is, is the, the only scarlet thread that runs through the membership of this church yes. and our church. Yes. In every true church. Yes. So that spirit of enthusiasm and excitement that we're born again, that we're going to heaven and not hell, that we have been revolutionized, man. We have been regenerated. That's us. It's here. It's here to this day. If we can throw a little gas on your fire, you're going to see a great influx of people come to this church. I prophesy it. Now, the Lord said this. I'm going to get back to that before I close here, but the Lord said this to me, Richard. Those men, meaning pastors, who have kept their pulpits clean, who have stayed out of heresy and error, that have held the Bible as the preeminent item of the church, not their word, the word of God, That there's a turn now coming to the body of Christ, yeah. Come on. and they're going to find preachers who are preaching the truth. Yes. Wait a minute. And the Lord said they're going to find churches that are so excited about Jesus Come on. Yeah. that they're going to stay with those people. Because the two elements that most people are missing today, including most church people or churches, there's no excitement. I mean, true level excitement for Christ. You know, that's just contagious. That's like a missing, wonderful element missing. And then many preachers have watered down this book thinking that that is what is relevant. Downgrading and diluting the word of God and the presence of God to fit a pussy, dirty, worldly, pathetic, perverted Society is not true relevancy. It's called compromise. And when they say relevant, they don't, that's not their true definition of relevancy. Don't get caught up in all that stuff. What's more relevant, I used a, I used a punchy word. What's more relevant to an oozing, pussing, filthy society? Men sleeping with men, bragging about it, 
We used to do parades, honey, not the naked people. It was the church that did city parades, county fairs, not the naked people. Thank you very much for your enthusiasm. And what people are doing to people today is not, uh, it's not even human. So we know it's a demonic thing, right? And God said, what's relevant to, to a society that's sick is a deliverer. I declare our churches more than ever are going to turn into houses of deliverance that people are going to find us and we're going to set them free. Now, I interrupted you. Go ahead and shout and clap once. Do it. Praise God. Houses of deliverance. Houses of deliverance. Houses of deliverance, Pastor Jeff. I see it. People need to be free. A lot of people want to be free. Don't listen to, you know, right now a handful of the demonic people, they're running everything, but they're a small number. The, the majority of society, you know what they want? They want you. Whether they know it's you or not, they want you. They want to be free, man. And sick people, what's more relevant to, to sick, dying people than a healer called Jesus Christ? Yeah, yeah. You know? That's good. What's more relevant to people who are flat loss or living by philosophy and psychology and the rudiments of this world that the book of Colossians warns you about yes. and against. Yes. What's more relevant to heady people than the heart of all hearts who is the king of all kings yes. that revolutionizes and washes your mind and changes you forever? There's a revival. It's already happening. You know, first comes with spiritual awakening. You may have heard this. You may not. A pastor in Houston, uh, I learned this from him. He said uh, he went on Air Force One when it landed to meet President Trump and the team that had come to check out the flood issues. And, and they're getting their little plan, and this pastor's going with them. And they're, they're getting ready to leave the aircraft and people are standing up. And Mr. Trump said to the pastor, shouldn't we stop and pray for a moment so that we even know what to say to these people? And this pastor said to him, Mr. President, this is a whole new day that the president reminds the pastor that we should, we should first pray. Pretty powerful. That's pretty powerful. Amen. And did you hear the, this is a spiritual awakening. Yeah. People start to wake up, Christians and sinners. Yeah. You can't have revival until you have spiritual awakening. Yeah. Did you hear uh, on the news, whenever it was, a couple, two or three days ago, one of the uh, primetime Fox News hosts literally asked a preacher who was on the telecast, could you stop and pray right now for Houston and all those people hurting. Now, I haven't heard anybody say that in my lifetime, and I'm 65 years old. On primetime news, the news asked the preacher if he'd just take time to go ahead and pray. They tolerated prayer before if we were even permitted to do it. 
Yeah. There's Christian TV stations that don't want you to pray or, or something. There's, there's others that don't, of course. We're going to see a revival. It's starting of repentance. Mark it down. This church is going to be in that. Living word, we're going to be in that. Right? We're going to be in that. We see it happening now. You're going to be in that. It's repentance. Jeff, you're going to be in that. All true churches, get ready for the collection of people who are turning hard. Now, I have the article. I meant to bring it because I, I, maybe you've seen it, but if not, I want to give it to you. This company has been right. This, they, did a, um, they did a study slash survey, not a polling. And they have done this for about 40 years to determine what they think excuse me, where they think the body of Christ is going to turn next. And they haven't been wrong in four decades. Think about that. So um, they just put out an article about two months ago now that said, this is how they wrote it. Smoke machines are done. Light shows are over with. Blue jeans with hole in the knees have come to pass. Drinking and smoking marijuana among church members is coming to That's how they started the article. And, uh, and then the second paragraph says, God's people are ready once again for truth. They're starving for the word. They're going to hunt down yeah. preachers yes. that do not compromise. Yes. And that we're going to see a mad rush to the house of God who has held the Bible strong. Praise God for it. Praise God for it. Praise God for that. Hallelujah. And that's us. That's us. Now, that's where, the, that's where we're going to see pastors step in and out of the prophet's office. Amen. But without a psalmist, you got all these people coming to repent. They, they don't, half of them are so dirty. They don't, I'm talking even about some Christians. They don't even know where to start. Sure. We will we'll never penetrate their space yeah. in their soul right. without the intensity of the psalmist. And, 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 and I know you know that. And that, and that, in, that, that, that uh, I don't want to say impartation. I want to say infiltration. Because when you when you when your singer walks into that anointing of psalmist, he can infiltrate even the heart of the most calloused, hardest, and it starts to break that thing down. And then the pastor, whether he's in the pastoral gift or the prophetic gift, he gets up and opens this book, which is like a medicine, and it's life. And it's healing to yes. the flesh and the yes. bones. And it's a book of hope. Yes. And it's going to cause men to run to the altar. You head ushers and such need to start training now for a rush to the altar. Because these won't be pre-trained people. Come up here, let's lay hands on you. These, these, are, these are going to be people. You're going to hear demons shrieking. We're going to cast out demons. That's the other thing I see. Uh, you know, we're, demons are going to manifest because they think they own these people. 
but they don't own these people. And they're not going to anymore own the sinner because of the power of the living God. That's where we're headed. That's where we're going, Richard. Powerful, powerful revival of repentance. Repentance. There are all kinds of doors in your Bible that open up so many beautiful things. But the door of repentance opens up everything. It's the widest gate. To have a broken and contrite spirit is what gets you promoted. It's what gets you healed. It's what gets you delivered, man. It's what frees you from all binding forces. And that, my friend, is where amazing grace is headed. And so is living word. And so is uh, our other churches. Can I have an amen on it? Let's clap again for it. Come on. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So this, um, this Antioch church, they were so caught up in Jesus Christ. Now, you know, the Greeks, the Grecians, they had a lot of gods in their culture. Right. Oh, yeah. But this church, they dumped their culture. They dumped all those gods. Everything they were taught in the Grecian school, they dumped it. Yep. Not because someone said, you got to quit believing that. It's because they said, we met Jesus Christ of Nazareth, and we're going to be called Christians whether you like it or not. That spirit, that spirit on our churches to just run through our communities. I'm a Christian, and I'm glad to be a Christian, and you need to be a Christian. Praise God. It's that spirit. It's that spirit that we have in our churches. Thank you, Lord Jesus. A lot of ministries were raised up, Richard, in that Antioch church over the years. They really were. You know, you know my story as well, if not better than everybody in this room. I don't even... I have never truly ever met the man that got me born again. You know my story. They witnessed to me, so it's like I didn't meet him once, I guess. But when I come back from Vietnam, I hunted them down. I've never found them to this day. And that little church, at the beginning, that little church that helped Mark Barkley had about 45 people in it. Like what Mark said about not despising yeah. small beginnings right. or even small things. Yeah. Small things right. yeah. The whole multitude, honey, wasn't around the campfire right. when right. Jesus really told the secrets of this kingdom. Come on. Come on. Just a handful That's or two. Good. Good. Can I have an amen? Amen. 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 Um, I want to say this before I sat down. Um, it is, our, it is our privilege to stand with you, Amazing Grace. Thank you. You, you, the name really fits you. This is one amazing outfit. Yeah. To do what you do with a small army reminds me of Gideon. It really does. Yeah. Your impact is tremendous. And uh, Richard and Sharon, um, I, I'm so proud of you both. I mean, I really am. I know what you've been through even before you came here. 
I don't bring it up because neither one of us want to go deal with those people ever again. I saw you shaking for a minute like, don't bring that up. God knew before the foundation of the earth what would happen here and that you would be called upon. And these elders, it might have taken them a while, the board and stuff, but they did hear from God. And, and I'll tell you, there's multiple reasons why that took a little while. But uh, we all were just waiting on Sharon. Because it wouldn't have mattered, honestly, it wouldn't have mattered if, if, the, if the board would have said three months earlier, it's okay, let's do it. Uh, as much as I know Richard Jolliffe, he would have obeyed God. But um, these women that God put in all of our lives, you know, our, that woman in his life, Vicki in my life, uh, we trust these women with all of our life. You understand that, right? Yes. And I've met a lot of preachers in my day. And uh, many of them are so great. I, I'm so blessed, you know. I got hundreds of sons and daughters in the faith now. Right. I minister to over 8,000. I have over 8,000 ministers that relate to me in That's some awesome. capacity. Um, I send things to, I can't remember now, 25, 30,000 preachers around the world. I don't. I don't know. I know some fine first ladies, but I really don't know of any finer first lady than Sharon Jolly. When, when she finally said yes to God about this right here, she's gone full bore. And look what God's used her to do to bring the beauty to the house, that anointing that we've got to have. You can't just have a, a preacher. You've got to have a first lady. Because without it, you kid me, man? We'd have moose heads hanging on the walls in here. Are you kidding me, man? I'd come back, Martin, bring my pistol and preach like I used to at this place. Praise the Lord. So I'm very proud of you, both of you. And I'm very proud of you elders and congregation. Uh, we're very proud of you. Keep it up, please. And get ready because um, Pastor Richards said a powerful statement. Um, the, the best is yet to come. We haven't seen the best yet. You know how we know that? Because the Lord hasn't showed off yet the with the climax of the ages. Yeah. Ah. Yes. We're his army. Yeah. He might be the commander in chief. We're his army. Yeah. And when he starts to really pull the bow and tighten the knot for the climax of the ages, we're going to be front lines people. Praise yeah. God. Front lines people. Give him another good shout. Come on. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come up here. Let me anoint you. Father, I thank you for Pastor Richard and Sharon and these great elders and leaders and these, this great congregation. I anoint them with oil for the tomorrows of this ministry. I declare the strongest anointing you have ever had to mother and to father God's people under the master himself. The greatest teaching influence you've ever had. The largest echo that, you, that you've ever experienced coming out of this house and going to so many other places. 
I say that, 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 that every hindering force stopping money from flowing. I call this congregation prosperous in the most unusual godly ways. That we will have all the money that we need for buildings and machinery and equipment and printing and helping the community and the poor and the hungry. And I thank you, Lord, for world missions that's always burned in their heart. And I say this anointing, this, you're going to, what's that, Lord? The Lord said, you're going to lead this flock continually into green pastures. And others who are becoming hungry for God are going to learn of you. And they're going, to go, they're going to come. And they're going to feed. And they're not going to fight. They're not going to argue. And they're not going to complain. They're going to come and say, teach me, Pastor. Just teach me. I'm way behind. I need help. Uh, and I anoint you for it in the name of Jesus. Amen. All of amazing grace. Raise your hand to me, Father. I thank you for amazing grace. Celebrating 40 years Really, Lord, of saying yes to you and no to the devil. I lift my hand over every one of them as if I'm anointing them with oil. And I say they're going to prosper and they're going to be in health even as their soul does prosper. And this church, this church is going to be used by God in the day to come to help climax the ages. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, say amen. amen. Now... If you're not amazing grace, raise a hand to me. I declare over you that you will prosper and be in health even as your soul does prosper. And that God is going to use you in a mighty way to help your pastor and your church and your ministry climax the ages. In Jesus' name, say amen. Amen. Shout again and clap real good. Come on. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, when, um, when Pastor Richard says things like, I threw him out of my room. It's all true. It's all true. I, I, your, your pastor and I, we love working together. We really do. We have a blast. We love, we've done a lot of missions work, television work, you know. But not so much anymore that he's getting older. I don't know. If he knows everything or he's just tired. <laughs> or Mark's turned him into a farmer. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, it's all right. My cell phone, when he calls, says E-I-E-I-O is the identifier. <laughs> no, it doesn't. No. Yeah, that's right. Come on, man. That's right. Hallelujah. He used to ask so many questions, man. I mean, we'd be beat tired. I remember one time in Argentina, I threw you out and locked the door. He was staying in my room. He he was staying in my room, Sharon. That's right. I kept saying, Richard, listen, I I, I know, but you got to be quiet, man. I'm beat. We've just flown for like 18 hours and then preached a whole crusade. You know, there's this thing called sleep. Go to sleep. Just, just shut up and go to sleep. So, okay, okay, Doc. And three minutes later, well, let me just ask you one more question. Richard, shut your face and go to sleep. And he's a big guy. So I'd always have to take my knife out. 
and say, get out of my room. But I'm staying here. Get out. But, but Doc, I'm st- this is my bed. Get out. So more than once, I ripped shirts off from him, throwing him out of my room. And, and in Argentina, I locked him out. And I went to lay down. Then it dawned on me, he's in his boxer shorts. That's a terrible picture to have on dismissal, isn't it? Thanks a lot, Doc. We really appreciate that. So I ran to the door and said, get in here, you idiot. What are you doing out there? But when you got, when you got Richard and Sharon Jala, you got the real deal. You got the real deal. So I know it's the work of God. I know things happened here before Richard Jala. I know that. And we saw that tonight. We rejoice in all, all of you and all good things. But wouldn't it just be fitting one time, uh, you know, as Pastor Richard comes, let's give our champion of the house, our chief giant killer, a good hand clap. Pastor Richard. Amen. Praise God. I love you. Praise God. Woo! Yes! Awesome. Hallelujah. Thank you. You know, it's just as we as we wrap up tonight, just you can't have stories like that unless you've been around people for a while. You got to be committed to where you're at. Amen. I mean, we got a lot of history, but it's there's good and bad in all that, but still we've got history. And that's from years and years of commitment. I mean, I've known Doc since back in the early 80s and we traveled all I mean I went everywhere he was at and uh bugged him called his house Vicky yelled at me and said stop calling here you know wait till later wait till he's in the office remember that <laughs> she'd get mad at me because I'd call like start at eight o'clock in the morning and and uh I'm an early riser so I mean but but those are just stories because of the relationship this church has stories so I just want to say that because tonight, we, as we're wrapping up, I mean, I know that the tendency is, you know, it's after nine, we're going to hurry. It's Friday night. Where do you have to go, right? There's cupcakes out there. There's punch out there. There's pictures. So for especially those of you that have, haven't been here in a while and came back to just be with us in this celebration, there's pictures of you out there. And uh, you need to take time to look at those and just reminisce about where we have been together. Amen. We're far greater together than we are apart. Amen. None of us is as smart as all of us. Amen. Hallelujah. The anointing flows in that unity. And so let's celebrate that here tonight. Amen. God bless you. Thank you so much for coming tonight. Have a great evening. Enjoy your time of fellowship. Don't forget about the pen that's out there in the lobby. We want every family gets one. And uh, God bless you. Have a great time. Let's enjoy our time together. Amen. God bless you.